As you guys know, we began this series now a few weeks ago on the book of Haggai called Rebuild. And I really believe in my heart of hearts, I, I truly believe that God is calling us into a season of rebuilding. Last year uh, was a horrible year for so many of us on all different types of fronts, right? Spiritually, emotionally, physically, mentally. Uh, something that I didn't mention, Lee, you know, that too. It played a, a huge role in our lives. Everything that happened has really helped us feel uh, depleted and discouraged. Last week, God gave us encouragement through, uh, through the book of Haggai, what he was telling the people. He's like, listen, I'm calling you to rebuild the temple. Uh, just to give you guys a quick recap, if you missed out on the past few weeks, uh, the, the temple lied in ruins. The people of God were exiled to Babylon for 70 years. And finally, they're set free. They go back home. The temple is in shambles, so they begin to construct. They lay down the foundation, but then they face some opposition, and so they give up. And we know that there's a gap of about 12 to 14 years that they leave the temple in shambles. So God raises up a prophet. He raises up Haggai to communicate to the people, listen, it is time to rebuild. As you guys know, man, the, the, uh, the, the task of rebuilding is hard work. And so the people began to get discouraged. So God gives them some encouragement. And what we mentioned last week is that God told them, listen, we know that the work is hard. The temple, you know, some of you were around. You remember what the temple looked like, you know, 70, uh, 80 years ago. You remember how great it was, the artisans that put their hands in there, how magnificent the temple was. And so what we, draw, what we drew the conclusion was that God helps us acknowledge that, hey, things don't look okay now, and that's all right. You can make, you can make that, you can draw that conclusion. The work is hard, and we're not where we want to be. But then God's encouragement to the people of God was to be strong and work. And if you were here last week, you know that we spoke about the, uh, the Hebrew word for be strong. Of course, it means to be courageous and to persevere, but it also means to rebuild, to repair, to fix, to uphold, to uphold. And it's what God was telling them, like, hey, be strong, repair, fix, you know, what's needed to be fixed, and then get busy. Do the work that I've called you to do. And God reminded them of the work they had to do. And the last encouragement that God gave them last week was that the Spirit was among them. In other words, what he was saying is that in the rebuilding process, you're not alone. I am with you. You are not by yourself. So today what we're going to look at, what we're going to study, is the promises of God. God is going to give some promises to the people of God. And what he's saying is that, listen, when, when you're strong and when you work, right, when, when you continue the work of rebuilding, there's some promises that go behind that. If you are faithful to rebuild, God says, I'm going to promise you with some stuff. I'm going to give you some stuff. I'm going to bless you with some stuff if you are faithful in the rebuilding. And what's behind that ultimately is that God is reminding them of the greater why. God's going to remind them the greater why. He's going to paint for them the bigger picture. What's the bigger picture behind the temple being built? What is that about? Why is God so obsessed with this temple and it being built? And God's going to give them a bigger why, a, big, a little bit more clarity, which we need as well. Because sometimes we lose motivation because we forget the why. When you forget the why, it's very easy to lose motivation. But when God reminds us of the why, he reminds us of our purpose, it's a little bit easier to raise up that motivation and get behind the why and fulfill the what. So that's what God's going to help us today. So do you need a reminder of God's promises today? I know I do. I know I do. So we're going to do it. We're going to look at it this way. Let's start off by reading Haggai chapter 2, verse 6. Once again, I have it there in your little message booklets. 
and it's on the screen. It says, For the Lord of armies says this, Once more, in a little while, I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. Once more, in a little while, I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth. I found it interesting that you know, God begins talking and communicating to His people this way in this passage. Now here's the, to me, it's kind of like God is saying, like, yo, I am creator God, and I can shake things up. I can, I can shake things up. I am the creator of the universe, and I hold the universe in the palm of my hands. I am the creator, and I can shake things up. To me, it kind of sounds like a wake-up call, doesn't it? It kind of sounds like a wake-up call from God. It sounds like a wake-up call for the world, but especially for the people of God. You know, this message was prophetic because ultimately what it meant was that the Messiah, Jesus Christ, would come and he would literally shake things up and he would essentially replace the temple with his sacrifice. But this also paints a picture to me that this world that seems out of control, that this world that seems like it's falling apart, this world that it seems like, you know, and everything that we're going through and all, that we're, all the hardship that we're facing, all the difficulties that we're facing, this world and your life that seems like it's out of control, it's like a snow globe in God's hands. The same way you can grab a snow globe off of your shelf and rattle it and see the flakes, that's the way, that's how powerful and how great God is. That He can grab the entire universe and He can just shake it up in His hands. It's not a thing to Him. So I think what God is trying to communicate to us today is that this serves as a wake-up call. God wants to shake you up. God wants to shake me up. If you're asleep, if you're in slumber, if, if you are in a spiritual coma, if you are ignoring the voice of God, if you are ignoring the call of God on your life, then God wants to shake you up. He wants to shake you up. And the way He's going to do that is by reminding you of His promises. And He's going to tell you, listen, here are the reasons why it's important to rebuild. This is why it's important. This is why I'm calling you. This is why I need you. This is why I'm encouraging you. And he's going to remind us why it's important to rebuild. Here's the first thing. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. And that is that God promises that he will get the glory. That's his first promise. He's going to get the glory. Haggai chapter 2 verse 7. I will shake all the nations so that the treasures of all the nations will come. And I will fill this house with what? Say that word, swerve, with? Glory, says the Lord of armies. You know, guys, deep within our hearts, there's a conflict. There's a problem within each and every single one of our hearts. And that is that if we're honest with ourselves, when we look in the mirror, we want glory. We want all the glory. We want all the attention. We want all the focus on ourselves. That's the temptation that each and every single one of you wake up and me. We wake up in the morning with that temptation to make the world about ourselves, about our feelings, about us. In fact, it's the number one God that we sacrifice to all the time is the God of self. And we don't have any problem uh, doing that. We might have issues putting a penny in the offering plate, but we don't have any problem spending all our money on ourselves. Because it's the number one God that we love to sacrifice and to give to. But God doesn't share His glory with anyone. And God promises that if Israel would defeat discouragement and if they would obey and if they would rebuild, guess what? 
If you rebuild this temple, Israel, I'm going to fill it with my glory. That's what God is telling the people of Israel. If you only get to rebuilding, if you only get past the discouragement, I promise you, I'm going to get the glory. I'm going to fill the glory. And essentially what that meant was that the construction of the temple was not for the fame of Israel. It wasn't for the, for the name of the Jews. It wasn't for accomplishments or accolades. Ultimately, the construction of the temple would give God all the glory. And at the end of the day, what I need you guys to understand and to know is that God wants to get the glory from your life. He wants to get the glory from your life and the way you live your lives. And when we put God first, and when we obey God, and when we seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and when we, when we live for Him and not for self, He gets the glory. And why should he get the glory, Danny? He gets the glory because he is worthy of it. Because he is worthy of all the glory. I love what Romans chapter 11, verse 36 says. It says, For from him and through him and to him are all things. Read this last part of the verse with me. Ready? Go. To him be the glory forever. Amen. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Now listen to me. Don't get it twisted. Because of who God is, he's going to get the glory from your life no matter what. From your life of disobedience or from your life of obedience. God will ultimately get the glory no matter what. But I don't know about you guys, but I want to live my life to bring him glory and to bring him honor and to obey what God's called me to do, to honor him. And I want to give him glory that way. And this is important because God's calling and God's purposes in your life are super important. What he's calling you and what he's putting on your life, the vision that he's laid on your heart, it's super important. And he's laid out a job for you to do and he's placed a vision on your life. And that vision that he's placed on your life, that calling that he's given you, it's ultimately to bring him glory. And so we give him glory through our obedience. We give him glory through the people that are served. He gets the glory through the people that put their faith in their son, Jesus Christ. He gets the glory when you grow in your faith and in your journey with Christ. And he gets the glory when you persevere in your suffering and in your hardship. God gets the glory. God promises. One thing he promises is that he's going to get the glory. Here's number two in your notes. You can write this down. God promises he will provide. God promises he will provide. I want you guys to think about this task that Israel has in, at hand. They have to build the temple. And I don't know about you, but I would imagine that this has to be an expensive endeavor, right? I've never constructed a temple before, but I have to imagine that's probably a pretty expensive thing to do. And so imagine they have the materials, the labor, the animals they needed to get it done, the equipment, uh, you know, whatever they had to do. They had all this stuff. It would be extremely costly and expensive. And if I was Israel, I would probably be thinking, where are the resources going to come from? How am I going to pay for this? How am I going to build? You know how much time this is going to take? This is going to take away from my business. This is going to take away from my livelihood. How am I going to do this? And here's God's answer to that question. Where do the resources come from? Haggai chapter 2, verse 8. What does God say? He says, the silver and gold belong to me. This is the declaration of the Lord. Silver and gold belong to me. Here's what God does. God reminds Israel that he can, what he can accomplish and rebuild 
because he owns all the silver and all the gold. Our God is not broke. Our God isn't poor. All the resources of the world are at his disposal. And he can make it happen and he could provide. And so what he's saying essentially is like, listen, you don't have to worry. You don't have to stress. If God has called you, if God has delivered you, if he's given you a task, guess what? God will provide. Where God guides, he provides. And he's given them a task to do. And guess what? If you obey what I've called you to do, God says, he is going to provide. Here's the challenge that many of us place in, in rebuilding. This is the, the thing that we, we bring up all the time. How am I going to do it? How am I going to rebuild? With what resources? And it doesn't matter what area. We've spoken about rebuilding our spiritual lives. We've spoken about rebuilding our emotional and, and mental well-being. We've, we've spoken about rebuilding this church. And, and one of the questions that can pop into our mind is, how? How, how am I going to do that? How is God going to provide well, listen, God is going to provide. In your spiritual life, if you're, if you're not motivated, if you feel like, man, I don't have it in me, if, I, if you feel spiritually beat up, God says that He's going to provide to you the spiritual resources if you begin to rebuild. He says, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit to empower you and to help you to build up. Begin rebuilding, and God says, watch me provide for you. In your mental or your emotional well-being, Maybe you say, man, I feel so sad. Where are these resources going to come? I feel upset. I'm stressed. I'm anxious. I'm, I'm panicking. I'm, I'm worried. I'm, I'm concerned. God says he's going to provide the healing in your life. He'll provide the healing. He says, cast your cares and your concerns upon him because he cares for you. So cast it upon him. And he understands what you're going through. He understands the hurt. He understands the pain. He understands the anxiety. He provides the resources. God said, rebuild. And I'm going to provide the resources through my word as you pick up the word of God and begin to read. I'm going to provide the resources through my people as you seek community and as you seek the local church. He says, I'm going to, as you pray, I'm going to give you the resources. I'm going to provide. I'm going to help you as you pray and you seek me on your knees. Begin to rebuild and watch me provide. In regards to rebuilding this church, maybe we say, well, man, so many people have left. Man, COVID has depleted so many resources. There's so many people that are disinterested or spiritually disconnected. Well, God says that he is going to provide because he says that he is the God of the harvest. He is the God of the harvest. And God is the one that goes forth and changes hearts. And he is the one that loves his church more than I ever will or you ever could. He loves his church. And he says, begin to rebuild. And watch me provide. You know, when it comes to this idea of rebuilding, I'm just going to be honest with, uh, with you all, and I'll include myself in this, of course. We tend to have a scarcity mindset. You guys know what that is? A scarcity mindset? Man, God, God can't provide. He can't make it happen. He can never get me out of this situation. You know, I'm never going to have enough funds to do the ministry that God's called me. I'm never going to get out of this predicament. And to people that have, to those of us that have that scarcity mindset, he says, I have all the gold and I have all the silver. Listen to me, Swerve. There's no bankruptcy in heaven. You know, in here in our economy, it might be suffering, maybe going up, maybe going down. But in God's economy, there is not an economical decline. There's no bankruptcy in heaven. There's no depleting or lacking resources in God's kingdom. So then the only real question that we have to battle with today is that if God is so rich, 
why are we so stingy? Why are we so stingy with our time? Why are we so stingy with our resources? Why are we so stingy with our energy or with our service or with our worship? If God is so rich, I'll tell you why. It's because of a scarcity mindset. By the way, this is one of the reasons why we don't see God's blessings. And this is all over the scripture, all over, all over the Bible. We don't see God's blessings because of how stingy we are, because we don't give. We don't give time. We don't give resources. We don't give energy. We don't give. And it's impossible to withdraw when you don't deposit anything. It's a principle all over the Bible. If God is so rich, why are we so stingy? But God says, begin working. Begin rebuilding. Live a generous life. And just watch me bless your socks off. And God's going to provide if we choose to obey and if we choose to rebuild. Here's the last promise. This is the last thing for today. Number three, God promises to give peace. God promises to give peace. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I need peace in my life. I need peace in my life. God promises, listen, if you rebuild, I'll give you the peace that you desire. Look at Haggai chapter 2, verse 9. The final glory of this house will be greater than the first. Now, I don't know about you guys, but that phrase right there gets me so excited. I'm like, God, that's what I want to see. I want to see your greater glory. That's what I want to see. The final glory of this house will be greater than the first, says the Lord of armies. I will provide what? I will provide peace in this place. This is the declaration of the Lord. You see, guys, the temple that they were rebuilding would ultimately represent the house of repentance, where people would come and repent of their sin. They would have sorrow over, over their sin. It was the place where they would literally draw in animals and sacrifice, uh, sacrifice animals so that they can repent of their sin. It was a house of prayer. It's where people would come and bring their petitions and their requests, and they would worship and they would cry out to God. They would present their cares and their concerns. This temple that they were rebuilding was a house of fellowship. People would meet in the courtyard and there would be conversations and, and friendships would form. They would be discipling one another and wrestling through texts of scripture with each other. There was hugs and laughter and tears. It would all bring peace. It would all bring peace provided by God. That word that's translated peace, I believe I have a slide up there for this. It's the Hebrew word shalom. And what that means is peace, tranquility, harmony, wholeness, shalom, tranquility, harmony, wholeness. And this is why it was so important, the construction of the temple. Because the temple meant so much more than a building. You see, in our minds, you hear the word temple or church, you just think of a building right away. But this temple that God was asking them to construct went far beyond just the construction of a physical building. It meant so much more than that. It was representative of the very presence of God. And in the presence of God, shalom, peace. You see, guys, ultimately the bigger picture was that what it pointed to was that Jesus would provide peace between God and man. It was this bigger picture that God was showing through the temple that Jesus would be our shalom. And when we take, partake in communion in just a second, 
We're going to drink the juice. That juice represents the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross of Calvary for the forgiveness of our sin. When you eat the bread, it represents the body that was broken just so that we can experience shalom. The Bible says that there's only one mediator between us and God. It's the God-man, Jesus Christ. Jesus is the restorer of the, our relationship between us and God. And so here's, what, here's the greater picture, because the shalom that we experience, that peace that we experience between us and God, also connects to us so that we can bring God's shalom to others, so that we can share God's peace to others. You see, through the temple, shalom would be extended to all people. Shalom was extended not only to the Jew, but that ultimately even the Gentiles will be able to experience the shalom of God. You see, through Jesus, we are extended God's shalom. And through Jesus, we are sent to bring shalom to our neighbors. Listen, you are sent to bring shalom within your community, in your context, to your family, to your friends, to your co-workers. We experience God's shalom and God calls you to bring shalom to those that are around you. In the New Testament, there's a passage where Jesus gives instructions to his disciples and he tells them to go throughout the towns. And look at what he says, Matthew chapter 10, verse 12 and 13. It says, greet a household when you enter it. And if the household is worthy, let your what? Let your peace be on it. You see, Jesus is telling them, bring peace, bring shalom to the homes that you go and visit. And what he's saying is that, hey, show and demonstrate and communicate the shalom of God, the peace of God over the lives of the people that you go and visit and you communicate and those that you talk to. He's saying, in other words, bless, encourage, serve, share, invite into relationships, share the gospel to those people within your immediate circles and your immediate reach. Bring the shalom of God. We are rebuilding as we are rebuilding, it's so important. Here's why it's so important in our lives. Here's why it's important. I need to remind you of the why. Here's why it's so important that we rebuild. Because there are eternities of others that hang in the balance. There are people that are yet to hear the gospel. There are people that are yet to respond to Jesus. There are people that are living their lives in addiction and in loss that have a one-way ticket to hell and eternal separation from God. And their eternities hang in the balance. And we've experienced this shalom. We've experienced this peace. We've experienced this promise of God. So we are to go and to share the shalom of God, the peace of God, the good news of Jesus Christ to others. The promises of God are contingent on whether we or not we, can, we continue to rebuild. If we go into rebuilding, and when we rebuild, God promises, hey, I'm going to get the glory. I'm going to get the glory. It's not about you. It's not about your name. It's not about Swerve Church. It's not about your ministry. It's about me. I'm going to get the glory. The Bible says that he works all things for the good of those who are called according to his purposes. And God says that I'm going to get the glory from your life. If we rebuild, God says, I'm going to provide. I'm going to provide all your needs. So I'm a rich God. So you don't have to live your life stingy. Live your life generously. Live your life. Listen, I'm going to provide whatever I've called you to, whatever I, I put on your heart, whatever ministry I've called you to, whatever, I've, whatever faithfulness I've called you to, to live out, I'm going to provide. And he says, listen, if you rebuild, 
I'm going to give you peace. Peace in us and peace through us to share the shalom of God. Uh, so I'm going to invite you guys to partake in communion after, uh, after I pray here. And, uh, you're more than welcome to. You're invited to partake in it if you want. And, and I have a song today that I'm going to play uh, while you partake in communion. If you want, you can sing along. Uh, you can, if you know the words, or you can just listen and pray there and you see and reflect on these things and think. Let's, let's pray these things into our lives. Let's pray God's promises into our lives. Let's pray. God, I pray that you might get all the glory, Father. And God, in, uh, in those areas of our lives where we have been so self-centered and self-focused, God, I pray that you would forgive us, Father, and that ultimately you would sit on the throne in our lives in first place, God. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, you're always going to get the glory. Lord, I pray that you would get the glory out of our obedience and our willingness to live our lives in a way that honors you. God, you are a God of provision. So right now, Lord, so many of us are stuck with this scarcity mindset. Father, and we're worried about, you know, how are we going to pay this? Or how are we going to do that? Or how are we going to get out of this situation? God, deliver us from that scarcity mindset. Because you are a God that provides. And if we rebuild, you will provide and you will make a way. And Lord, we need your peace now more than ever. So Lord, I pray that you would give us shalom. That you would help us bring shalom to our neighbors, to our community, to our co-workers, to our friends and family, that it would all bring you the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.